0: God loves you, he's on your side, he's coming after you, he's relentless. It is amazing what a week holds. You know, a week ago, yeah, we knew there were some things, but some things to be praying for, things to be aware of, but man, what happens in a week kind of flips the world upside down, doesn't it? can, can you imagine, I know for some obviously, and I was going to say this earlier, obviously there are people that are losing their life through this crisis, there are people's lives being disrupted in an unbelievable way, but especially in that way. But I even think about this week, and would not compare anything else really to that, but I just think about that the college athletes I was looking at this week going, no do-over. Done. I was thinking about those seniors that were planning on playing. I'm not talking about just in the college NCAA tournament, but Even all the way to June, every sport, canceled, done. Like that, gone. Dreams, they've been playing since they were a kid about that NCAA tournament and that shot, gone. But I also know that if statistics are correct this week, Every day, probably a hundred or so people die on the, on the highway. Great plans. Maybe a third of those because somebody else from drunken driving. Every day. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Cut short. Stopped. Without a do over without another chance to say goodbye, without another chance to say I'm sorry, without another chance to, boom, done. So we can hold a lot of things. I think it brings us to the point of where we see in our culture, and, and I understand it, the fear. You see the anxiety. You see the fear. But I think part of that really is based on the fragility of life, Right? Life is fragile. It's just sometimes we don't have to face how fragile it is. Most of our life, we don't have to face how fragile life is. But then there's this point, it's being put in our face so much, and there are really not a lot of other distractions. I can't just go to sports and watch it because it's not there. I don't want to watch the news because it just reminds me. So now I'm left by myself to think about it. We are rational and mystical people. We believe in divine healing. We believe in modern science. Oh, you can't do both. Oh, yes, you can. We believe in both. And being as a Christian, many times people will look at us and say, You Christians, you just like to escape reality. That's why you do this Christian thing. But let me say this, and I hope you hear me if you're a Christian in this room today. I hope you hear this, and I hope you live this way. We as Christians should be willing to look reality in the face, stare it down, and say, Come on, bring it on, because we have a great hope not going out looking for a fight, not going out looking for a crisis. I don't mean it that way. All I'm saying is we should be able to look reality in the face and say, okay, let's go. We should not be cowering back. I love what Irvin McManus has said. You guys have you've heard me say it here before in his book, The Last Arrow. He says, before you hear from someone else, I need to tell you I'm dying. But so are you. See, it should not come to a shock. It should not come as a shock to us. It should be a great motivator for us. It shouldn't be that we go hunker down. It should we say, okay, I only got one shot at this. I may not get a redo. How am I going to do with this life? To straighten up. Not cower in the corner. And I get it. I understand it. And I don't mean that, and don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying people shouldn't self-quarantine. And I'm not saying there should not be wisdom done and listen to the authorities. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying as Christians, though, this should not surprise us that death is real. And we should be able to stand up and say, The reason we have a great hope is because the the resurrection mattered. Scripture says if the resurrection didn't happen, we are the most people to be pitied. But if it did, we are the people of great optimism and great hope. And not people that operate in fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Yes, still rational. Rational. So what should we do as Christians? As I said earlier, there are a lot of things. I, I'm not an expert on, I don't, I don't think I'm an expert on anything, to be honest with you. I don't want you coming to me for anything throughout this to go, Pastor Kirk, should I go to the doctor or not? Do not call me for that, okay? <laughs> that is not anything. I, I'm Just telling you, you need to figure that out. Ask somebody else. Ask, call a doctor, maybe. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Man, I don't know. I, I'm trying to, I've told people before, talking about, I was saying earlier about, you know, trying to raise my own family. And people go, well, well you know, and I'm over there looking at somebody else's family. and they go, they're not raising their family Like, Man, I had a hard enough time raising my own family. Why am I going to try to raise your family too? It's like churches. I mean, I, I can't run somebody else. I mean, they got to do what they believe God is leading them to do. So when I'm reading this this morning, I hope you understand this is just my thoughts right now. That what do I want to be known as or for as a Christian? In a window of this time, but any time. But any season. It's found in Colossians 4, 2 through 6. Colossians 4, 2 through 6, devote yourselves to prayer. Be watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I pray, proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Devote yourselves to prayer. What if you knew in front of you there was a time, I think it's already McManus said this, in front of you there was a time or a moment that would change you or your families or your friends, or even your enemy's life forever, your neighbor's life forever? What if it changed your community forever? How would you prepare for that moment if you just knew it, if you knew it was coming? How would you prepare your life? How would you prepare your mind? How would you prepare your heart? How would you prepare yourself if you knew that moment was coming? Because for some of us, what happened on Wednesday night when the NBA began to shut down and all these other things shut down, and go, and, and, and you feel this, this anxiety, and you begin to feel it in our culture Have I prepared myself for this moment? We're not even talking about death here anymore. We're not talking about in a moment where you get to step into it, an opportunity to make the most of every opportunity. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I didn't feel very prepared Thursday and Friday. I didn't know. I was actually supposed to be off this last week. And there was a lot of things even before Wednesday happened and Wednesday night. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, and I had made a decision not to be off this week. But, uh, and then Wednesday night happened, and I come Thursday morning, and we're going to sit down, and I, I wake up just praying and going, Lord, man, I want, we want to be found faithful of blessing others. We want to be sure that we're not running, even though we want to be wise and not go get ourselves in trouble. for just Because self-made martyrs are not spiritual. You may be martyred someday, and I don't know how that all works, but to be a self-made martyr makes no sense. Just so I can say I was. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. But, Lord, where do you want us to step into? How can we be a blessing into this community, into people's lives? How can we get there? When I get here, and after having a staff meeting, and this is nothing against our staff because they are awesome and they're keeping me on my toes, but I realize I wasn't prepared for one thing. I didn't know, how, I didn't know in that moment how to give a cool video message to y'all. You think I'm goofy or crazy thinking that. But if you don't know all the competition out there about putting that video out, it gave great anxiety to me because I don't know how to put a cool one out. And even from our own staff, and they were doing the right thing. I'm going, this guy's doing this, and this guy's doing Watch this one. Hear what this guy's doing. Look what he's saying. Man, he's going to charge hell with a water pistol. Are we going to do that? I don't know. I just want to go bless people. I didn't know how to go figure out how to do a cool video. I'm going to work on it, though. <laughs> Next crisis, I'll have that video ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to do an email, and that's correct, and I knew that. And thankful we got staff that stepped into that and helped create that, and I'm so thankful for that. And even the wording has got to be careful, right? You got to make sure you get that out there. So you, so you take your time. Oh, I, ain't, I don't worry about the sermon Sunday. I just got to figure out how to make that email go out. Stock market's going up and down. What, 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 am I prepared for this? <laughs> As the leader of this church, am I prepared? I'm willing to charge hell with a water pistol. I'll tell you right now, I'm ready to go. But when culture kind of forces you and says, yeah, but you didn't do that, you almost go, well, am I not a good enough pastor? Did I not get it? Am I not cool enough? With all the things swirling, you're trying to figure all this out. And this is not against anybody else. You just realize, have I stepped into that moment? And all I need to do is keep praying. Just pray. Lord, help me figure this out. Help us figure this out. Help us as a staff. Help us hear the right words from our our leaders that we need to act on. And help us... Push the others aside, especially from media and potentially and other things that are kind of distracting. But let us hear the words we're supposed to hear and use wisdom. Pray. And be watchful. The word watchful here, I love this passage. The word watchful means be awake, vigilant, and responsible. Not just be awake, and not just watch. It is watch with action. Girl, I don't know what I can do. What was Paul's first thing? Pray. He didn't say go out and hand out cards. You know, Jesus loves you somewhere. He may call you to do it. I don't know. He didn't tell you to go serve the sick and risk yourself. He may, and some of our people from this church do that every day because they're called to do that, and we're praying for them. Are you praying for them that are putting themselves right on the front line every day with people who are sick and people who are in that? Are we praying for them? Because I'm telling you, there's things you can do. And I don't think be watchful here means watch enough news so you can get yourself really revved up and mad and want to tweet something, okay? No, be watchful and vigilant to basically give an answer for the hope that is within you. That's why you're watching. You're not watching so you can critique everybody else. You're watching so God can stir in your heart what you should be saying and praying and acting. Sure, I have thoughts, like many of you. Sure, Jane and I have had conversations about my theories on things that you'll never hear. <laughs> but here's the reality, probably they're probably all wrong, or partially wrong, or... Pray that I may proclaim the gospel clearly as I should. You may have an opportunity during this window of time to share your faith. I just want to encourage you to shrink that thing down, work on it. You're going to have a lot of time on your hands. Figure out how to share your, faith, how to share your testimony in one minute. Don't be meandering all over the place and it's a 30-minute thing and the person who just heard it said, man, I'm glad I'm a pagan. (laughs) Thank goodness I'm not that. Got some time on your hands. Yeah, I used to take vacation when I worked at IMAX I, uh, years ago, I took vacation. I used to go to the Southwest Conference Tournament, which where Arkansas was at the time. I went there for a decade. I love going to the NCAA basketball tournament. It's my favorite time of year. Part of my morning, and I don't mean, I mean, I know there's real mourning of people passing away, so I know it's not the same. Please do not hear that. But there was a mourning going on inside of me Thursday when they canceled the NCAA tournament. I love, it's my favorite thing. As much as I love all the other sports, that's it. It's my favorite. So there was this mourning going on, a loss. But the reality of what really is happening around us comes right back to your face real quick. So how would I give an answer for the hope that is within me during this time? How would I do that? I think this is going to be a great time. We we all may get... Quarantined, and I don't mean like you're sick. We all may have to say, you know what, well, let's all separate. I mean, it could happen. Everybody stay in your house. I don't know if I'll come here and preach a sermon and send it out to you or not. I'll probably find somebody really good like Craig Groeschel or somebody who's preaching and send, send that to you. Okay, or Irving Man is somebody that would really move you. But here's my point. What if you worked on your Testimony. What have you worked on? How would I give an answer for the hope that is within me? How would I proclaim the gospel clearly as I should? How would I do that? How would I do that? This may be an awesome thing for it's all over with, not because people are getting sick and dying. That's not what I'm saying. I know I'm having to do a lot of disclaimers to hear, But it may be an awesome time for the church to step back. You know, we as a renovation here, we already skip two Sundays a year. We already know how to do that. Okay? We already know how to not have church. We're good at it. You practice it. I was reading, you know, that that in California and Washington, because that's where the hardest hit is right now, gatherings under 250 people, they're still allowing to meet. And they haven't said don't do it. I mean, they might like it if they didn't, but they said 250 and over, don't meet. Well, guess what? That's one thing about being a small church, right? We stay under that 250 all the time. <laughs> One good thing about coming to a big old building where it doesn't have enough people in it is people can spread out. There's a lot of advantages of what we got right now. I thought we were cursed. (laughs) No, I didn't. I didn't. You know I didn't think that. I'm saying make the most of every opportunity. So how can I right now amp up my prayer life? How can I proclaim the gospel clearly as I should? Prayer life. Who are you praying for right now? President Trump, great. Vice President Pence in the task force, great. Governor Ducey, great. What about Governor Inslee? Some of you may, in Washington. And for some of you right now, you might have said, yeah, but he's a Democrat and environmentalist. Pray. 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 pray for California, pray for Wuhan, pray for for President Xi Jinping, and you go, but they're communists, guess what, God's working, guess what, over the last 70 years in China, they tried to ban him, and the church exploded persecution many times is what accelerates growth in the church you know many times people pray and said and then God showed up you ever said that I was praying we were having this meeting and then God showed up guess what friend he's already there (laughs) you just finally recognized him God's already in China he is in that communist government we can pray for that president what about Iran? Been praying for them? Well no because they you know we we've, we've got these sanctions on us so we sanctioned our prayers too so we can't send those either. <laughs> you know, you know who the president is probably? Go find out. Pray. God is doing a work in Iran. God is up to something in Iran. Italy Who's the president of Italy? Ah. Actually, I got it written down here. Talks amongst yourselves till I get to it. Sergio Mattarella. Mattarella sounds like something I wouldn't mind eating. Sounds like a good Italian food, right? I'm just saying, it just says, I love the way it sounds. It kind of rolls off. But pray for him, pray for the people. You've got time on your hands. It's an opportune time to start that prayer life that you've been talking about for years. Hassan Rouhani is the president of Iran, just so you know. Oh, I think it's endless. I was thinking, you know, I'm a guy who likes to redeem my past. I don't know about you. I had a past that was not very, very good at times. but I love it when God says, hey, redeem that. Just, just take that one right there and just redeem it for me. We used to do a drinking game. We'd watch something and say, every time that word said, we'd take a drink. Anybody ever heard of that? Anybody ever done that? There was, I read on the, online there was a drinking game around the impeachment trial. I love what it said. One of them said, if you don't want to drink, drink every time someone admits they were wrong. <laughs> you won't ever drink. <laughs> if you want to stay sober. Anyway, <laughs> Take a drink every time Russia is mentioned. <laughs> what if we took Operation prayer for COVID and every time you hear the word COVID it says something else what if there's other words you go if I hear that word I'm doing it twice if I hear that word I'm going to look it up I'm going to look where that country is I'm going to see who the president is I'm going to see how I can pray for that country what if we just did a weird version of the drinking game (laughs) I have a feeling there's going to be people quarantined somewhere along the way that are going to be doing drinking games, but we got a different option. And I know we live in a day and age where people say, well, cool Christians do drink a lot, so okay. But I'm going to tell you right now, do something really edgy and risky instead of saying, hey, I need a beer and a cigar. Get on your face before the Lord and listen to him and have him send you somewhere you never thought you might go. Be willing to step into a place. I don't need intoxication to be risky, but I want to be intoxicated for the world in the sense that God is working through me, that there is a fragrance and aroma that makes a difference where my foot sits down, not because of me, because of who I am, because of what's happening in me. Get a little risky and edgy. I'm all right with that, but don't do it that way. I just think of this time, as Paul goes on to tell the church to let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. Salt makes people thirsty. One of the ways I think we, as you're working on your story, and I know all of you are going to go do this now. And I think it's one of the most powerful, and it's kind of not talked about a lot, but it's powerful for us. And I know we, I could come and teach today on... Four spiritual laws or evangelism explosion. and all, There's all kinds of ways to teach about evangelism. I mean, they're from old school ways to newer ways. But I believe the best way for me personally, and I can go, I've, been through, I've studied those, I've done those, and to some degree I've forgotten most of it, to be honest with you. But the, one of the ways I've felt over the years for the best way to me to be able to tell my story, and I need to keep it tight, work on it, memorize it so you'll know, It's like Thomas when he said, I will not believe till I see the scars in his hand. I will not not believe till I see the wounds. I will not see till I see the nail prints. And I believe people need to know that we've been wounded, that we were broken, and now we're healed. And you need to be able to point to those heal points where God has healed me. Oh, yeah, I was there. Because some people I don't believe, are going to they're not going to believe until they know it's real in your life. And here's the awesome thing about all this. I'm going to take some pressure off some of you. I am a firm believer that I don't change anybody. That's God. But what I do believe is he expects me to keep delivering the mail. That part I believe. I'm not smart enough to change people. I'm not charismatic enough to change people. But what I can be is a vessel for the one who is the change maker, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, resurrected Jesus can do it. That's what I believe. And if they know we are Americans and we live in this country, but we are in a hundred, you know that in the Church of the Nazarene, we're in 160 world areas. So we're praying all around the world right now. I hope you are for our for our churches, not in, in the church of the Nazarene. And hear me, hear what I'm saying. I'm praying for all churches, but we are already in critical points around the world, critical places to be praying and moving into those moments for those stories to be told. Let your conversation be full of grace. I love what Gordon, Gordon McDonald says. The world can do almost anything as well as be- or better than the church. You need not be Christian to build houses, feed the hungry, or heal the sick. There's only one thing the world cannot do. It cannot offer grace. Grace is the only force truly in the world that can break the chains of enslavement. We're called to be grace givers. Not opinion givers, even though you may have one, but grace givers. I hope when the world looks back on this day of all this at the church when they look at what the church did an opportune time, the word kairos there, opportune time, means a divine time, an appointed time, where things came to a head. Literally, it's what it means. Things are, it's not just an opportune time, like opportunistic, like I see on Amazon and people selling hand sanitizer. I'm not talking about opportunistic. I'm talking about an opportune time where a divine time where things have come to a head. So here's the tricky part, right, for all of us, is that we don't always know when that's coming. That's the means why every day we got to get up and get ready. Be ready to step into whatever God brings that day. The kairos coming to a head. And you've heard me share here before. The church can sit back and go, well, people are just hysterical, and all oh, okay, maybe that's the truth. I'm not saying it's not, to some degree. But the, and that's one thing to set back and throw stones and critique, or we can go. You know, I want to pray for those people. And when I'm in line at Costco or Fries or wherever that is, whoever I don't know who else I need to give a plug to here. But anyway, wherever you are, and you're frustrated and you're aggravated and you're all those kind of things, pray. Who's standing behind you? Who's standing in front of you? pray. Don't be frustrated. You may be in the right moment, an opportune time in that moment. I appreciate a story I heard yesterday. I, won't, I don't know all the details, but about one of our young ladies who was at the store and an elderly gentleman standing at the soup uh, shelves empty and had this look What am I going to do? Probably even thinking, I've lived through World War II. I've lived through 9-11. I got money in my pocket, and there is nothing on the shelves. And I appreciate this young lady the best I can tell. I hadn't heard it directly from them, but the second source, at least they went and asked, sir, is there anything I can do to help you or find anything? Heard another story. Picking up stuff for green bags this week. One of our ladies here, who young ladies, <laughs> uh, standing in line buying our buying for our green bags, and somebody asked her, "What are you doing with those?" She said, "Well, our, and maybe even wondering, because she is in that." But let me say this real quick. When they start talking about the age thing, and I, where are we right here? Okay, we're good. We're good. Uh, when they start talking about the H thing the other day, and they're going the most vulnerable from 60 on up, and I'm going, oh, that's bad. That's bad. I'm 60. Huh? What happened here? How did I get here? What just happened? Hey. Just turned 60. I could have waited a year, and I'd, been, I'd have been perfect. Okay. She is in, if you were classifying it, in an elderly age, but she had the opportunity to share her faith, but most of all, share why she was buying. Because I'm sure that gentleman standing behind her was concerned that she may be buying them for herself, stocking up. And she goes, Oh, no, I'm buying them for our church. We're doing, we're helping the veterans' place in the green bag. And he goes, Really? And she had an opportunity to share her story about what was going on here. You don't know, you just Don't know. You know, we talk about strategies around here, and most people who know me, that my number one, if you believe in these kind of things, strength finder is strategic. That's my number one thing. Sometimes it doesn't look like it. I get it. But I will say this, but I do, that my mind works way over time, just so you know, and over, over time. But I do believe this. This most, the, the greatest strategy we need always, but especially in a time like this, is a blessing strategy. Not a hoarding strategy, not how can I make enough money off this strategy, a blessing strategy. I've seen enough dinner on the grounds, know that many of us live out of scarcity. Let that settle in. In the church, we live in scarcity. I'm not saying don't be strategic. That's not what I said. And don't be wise. But if you are going to buy extra, I hope it's because you're hoping in a place you can give it to somebody else. If you're hoarding, I hope you're buying it. If you're overdoing it and you know you are, I hope you're doing it out of a hope of going, I'm going to be strategic about this and bless others. That's what I hope. That's what I hope are remembered by because you've heard me say here before, I, in the late 80s and into the 90s when the AIDS epidemic happened. The best I can tell because I wasn't a very old Christian at that time. I was 30 years old, but I wasn't very old as a Christian. But I remember so much about the church stepped back, one out of fear and one out of judgment. going, uh, you got what's coming to you. That's a horrible place to be as a believer. I don't see that landing anywhere in Scripture to me. And I don't see fear landing there either. Wisdom, figure it out. We live in attention, right? Rational and mystical. Where is it? We've got to figure that out. So you need to be on your face before the Lord, seeking your, being around community and wise, wise counsel where all that makes sense. The best you know how, and sometimes you just end up going, it seems right to us, and that's all you got. That's all you got. I believe the church missed a tremendous opportunity in those years to step into and be a blessing. If you look over the last 30 of the years, the church is the church is on the outskirts of town. It's not, the, it's not at the town square anymore. And you know it and I know it. We've lost our influence. And I don't know why we've lost all of it in the way that we should. Maybe it's because we don't look much different than anybody else. I don't know. But we need a blessing strategy. How do I do that, Pastor Kirk? One, we need to pray. We need to be watchful and Thankful. Sure, that we have a great hope. If you don't believe you have a great hope, let's talk. But we do, the resurrection mattered. As we've said around here a lot of times, we may not be able to determine how we're going to die, but we sure as heck can determine how we're going to live. That's for sure. Yeah, what we're doing strategically is first where well, we're engaged and influential. That's in our vision statement. But one of those is, is through our schools, we're asking. Through our veterans uh, place for, for, uh, that we're partnering with, we're asking. We're just asking. How can we help? Not going, this is what we're going to do to help you. We're going and asking, how can we help? to the most vulnerable, maybe even in our own community, or maybe it's your neighbors. Do you have neighbors who may be in that vulnerable? Ask. Be watchful. Young people, I want to say to you right now, you guys, if we look at the statistics, at least at this point, it seems like you guys get kind of a clean, maybe, I say clean, but it seems like maybe you're not as vulnerable as other people are. It is a time for you to bless others by taking care of yourself. And what I mean by that is, our number one thing as Christians is to honor God and bless others. We're, we're a conduit. It's not about us. But when we take care of us spiritually and health-wise and everything else, we have the opportunity to bless others. So just because you may think in your mind, and I'm not saying anybody in here would do that, but just because you may think, well, I'm going to get by on this. Even if I get it, it's not a big deal to me. You need to be taking care of the people around you. You may bless others by taking care of yourself. Just a thought. But how do i bless people be watchful be thankful and take this time and i don't know what all this time's going to look like before it's all over with we don't well, none of us know what we have a choice in it is what we do with those times and that is to pray be watchful be thankful To work on things that maybe we haven't had time to work on for a while. Or ever. To share our faith. That a way that's clearly. Grace filled. Seasoned with salt. You know I got my uh, yearbook out. Just looking at it. and uh, Because the Lord reminded me of a young man. There's a lot of times you just wish you had do-overs. Anybody ever had, wish they had a do-over? You go, man, I wish I could do that over. And that's one thing, like I've been painting, doing some painting and things like that, and you paint something and go, ah, do-over. <laughs> you go, okay, put another coat of paint on it. Then there's other things that, you, that happen. You go, I don't know how I'll ever get another shot at that. Or I can't wait to get another shot at it. I want to I correct that. And then there's times God just redeems, like drinking games. He just redeems them. <laughs> he gives you new ways to use them later in a, in a way that honors him. And I don't mean drinking. You know what? i mean? a prayer game, better way to say it. Okay. But every time you hear a word, pray. Every time you hear a word, another unique word, double pray, However, whatever that means. Okay. But then there's times. I know in high school I... was not in a good place, and, and uh, played basketball, had a lot of influence, unfortunately, in a small school like I did, and there was one young man that was, there's only a few Christians I even knew growing up in high school, even though we were Christian churches all around, and Mike was one of those people trying to do right things, but he wanted to fit in, and we sent Mike... Uh, During halftime of the basketball game, our senior basketball game, to go to Oklahoma and buy all the beer for after the game. In Oklahoma, you could buy it. Actually, I used to say in Oklahoma, as long as you could get the money on the counter, they'd sell it to you. (laughs) But you could be 18 and get it. So Mike, on his way back, the sheriff's department, I think it was, started chasing him. He lost control of the car, and he hit a tree and died. I remember standing at his funeral I had to do over. <laughs> and I remember reading this going, "Mike, we will remember you, think of you, pray for you. When another day is through, we will be friends with you." I thought, you know, I don't know if I held up to that. I wasn't much of a friend then, and I just think there's opportune times. Because life is so fragile, so fragile, and I think that's part of the anxiety that, that's around everybody right now, is that death, that death may come knocking. Some of it I realize is financial, and I get all that, there's some anxiety there but I just pray that we're the kind of people as Michael even was to me and I did wasn't to him that I wished I had a do-over and say, Mike, you were right. Man, you were on money. I'm so sorry, but I couldn't. And I have a bunch of those in my life, but God has redeemed. I cannot go back and start a new beginning, but I can start today and write a new ending. I can finish this thing well. Maybe I wasn't prepared Maybe next time I will be able to do a cool video. I don't know. But what I want to say to you is this, though. I want to prepare every day, being prayerful, watchful, thankful, proclaiming the gospel clearly as I should to make the most of every divine time, letting my conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt. This is a great opportunity but not opportunistic. Those are two different things. is a great opportunity for the church to step in. I mean, I wouldn't care if you said, hey, we need to quarantine people in the gym back here. If that's what they needed to do, if the government came to us, okay. How can we be a part of the community? How can we help? And just be watchful, be prayerful. And if we're asked, be thankful to step into it. Fearless. I think at a time like this the song we sang earlier I'm going to ask Josiah and him to come is that anthem of it is well <sighs> It is well Sure there may be some hard times ahead of us Sure this may get complicated who knows, this may be preparing us for the big one someday. Might as well get ready, right? Be watchful and thankful. Learn something from it. Why would you not want to learn from it? Let's say we find out in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, hey, it wasn't what we thought. Okay. We can sit around and go, oh, you shouldn't. know. we can say, okay, you know what we were doing as a church? We were prayerful. We were watchful. We were thankful. We were taking the opportunities we should, and that's the same thing we're going to do tomorrow too. Because you see, my hope, at the end of the day, my hope is not in Washington, D.C., CDC, or D.C. Talk, just so you know. My hope is in the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, resurrected Christ. And we need to live there. With great intentionality. He has blessed this country. He has blessed us. I was driving along yesterday. Going. And I know what it's like. Because we had a good friend of ours. Mom die yesterday. By tripping and hitting her head. And she died. Just in a few hours. Their world looked different that afternoon. Even though I'm driving along going, man, it's 72 degrees. It's blue skies. Just got all this rain. How can anything be wrong in the world? But you know what? That's going on in people's lives every day before coronavirus ever came along. It's happened in my life, and it's happened in yours, and you know it. Where everybody else is still moving along. And it's still blue skies and it's still all that. But your life doesn't seem that way. I believe he is the way maker. Miracle worker. (laughs) Promise keeper. Light in the darkness. That is our hope. And I hope that's the way you live this week and beyond. Let's take advantage, folks, of this time. And learn to put our prayer life with a watchful tent. You've heard me say for years, many of you in youth ministry, some of you are in my youth ministry, I'd say to them all the time, get your head up and ask for the eyes of Christ. Be watchful and thankful. Amen? Amen. Once you stand? We're going to sing as we leave out today. Lord, thank you for this time. Lord, we right now pray over our leadership, not only in this country, but around the world. There may be times where we have differences that are not reconcilable, but this is not one of them. This is not one of them. Lord, you can move when leaders don't even know you're moving. Lord, you can move when, through them when they don't know you're moving. But Lord, we pray for wisdom and grace. And Lord, I pray that you would bring down the tone of pointing and pointing and pointing but, Lord, I pray that you give us a point to look at and go, hey, us all head there. But, Lord, we pray over our doctors and our nurses and our fire, paramedics and those who work in our health care right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, you give them courage. They will go to places some of us would run from, but they're going in there right now. They know. Lord, I pray that you would just sustain them, give them great hope, let them know you're with them, and Lord, protect them now in your name. Lord, we love you today, and Lord, we sing this song now, it is well with our soul, and let that be our anthem today. We pray this in the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.